friends, and welcome to Pod Return to the Waking Sands. We are a Final Fantasy XIV companion podcast where we explore the lore and story of Heidelin and beyond. My name is Jen, and I'm joined by my co-host and researcher. I'm Levi. Hello, Levi. Hello, Jen. Today, we are wrapping up our White Magic series with a visit to Amdapur Keep and its hard mode. This is the keep that guards Amdapur City and was the first to fall during the Vaki invasion. Like Amdapur City, the keep's existence was previously shrouded by the elementals, but the calamity disrupted those magics and revealed the ruins. Speaking of though, Jin, I found a bit of a conflict here in um, some of the game's sources. The encyclopedia says that the disguise was weakened by the calamity, and both the encyclopedia and the in-game text say that Amdapur City was revealed by the calamity. However, the dungeon text for the keep says that the lambs of Dalamud were the ones that dispelled the keep's glamour. It could be true that it was weakened and then the lambs of Delamud just finished the job. That kind of squares it if that's how you interpret things, which fine. It's just weird that they're only mentioned in one place, but still, um, it's fine. Moving on. Uh, we ran with a couple of listeners again on this one. Uh, a thank you to Ardent Cactus and August Kanjana. Uh, I think it's pretty close. Please feel free to correct us in the Discord. <laughs> So we had August on Red Mage and Ardent as the professional Reaper. Yes. Jin was eager to heal this one, so I ran as Paladin and Jin ran as White Mage. How was your healing experience, Jin? It was spicy, but it was good. Um, people died, for sure. <laughs> uh, not as Not as much as I thought they would. And so again, this was this was one of those situations where I had to be like, I can't talk to anybody right now because I was concentrating very hard on keeping keeping people alive. But it's just it's a muscle that I need to um, work on is all. So I I really would like to be better at white mage because or just healing in general. My my main character is a level eighty four white mage, and I have gotten to that level without really doing any sort of group content whatsoever. So I feel like what a fraud. have you done exactly? Oh God, what have, that, I, what have I done? That's I don't what remember. I mean. I've been you... level eighty four for like a million years. It seems like I was running. That's I when I'm doing all of my um, my shared fates in um, Shadowbringers. I'm just I. That's when I'm like, all right, white mage it is, and then I get to go around doing all the fates. Also, you had to get to seventy in the first place. I don't remember how I did that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I've like avoided all of that. I don't remember. Well, it wasn't by doing PvP like some people. Oh right. To level up. Still. Yeah. So I, I'd feel like even more of a fraud then. But I'm, I'm just remembering now. I think a lot of my leveling came from um, Baja. So I did, I did white mage through that because dying. Also is a post seventy. <laughs> so you had to get there first. Still. Jin's white mage was incarnated at seventy apparently. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm sure I ran like a dungeon or two, or you know, even more than two. So. Uh, we we unlock Amdapur Keep by visiting our grifty hookup, Nedrick Ironheart. He says he's got a hot lead for us. Just head down to South Shroud and see Wood Whaler Maxine and make sure you give her my name 
so he can get his commission probably. Something. Well, I mean, yeah, he's like a headhunter, you know. Recruiter for high-level dungeon content. Because, I mean, the Wood Whalers, like, put out a, uh, like, help us please yep. thing. So, yeah, like, he's got his contacts, his his roster of um, primo adventurers, and, um, like, we come along. Oh, perfect. You're one of those. Maxine is in the stone ruins between Camp Tranquil and Quarry Mill. This is kind of the exterior area of Amdapur Keep. Geographically, though, um, this keep is supposed to be the outer kind of defense to Amdapur City, but the keep is on the east side of the zone and the city is on the west side of the zone. As we might recall from the first White Magic episode, uh, South Shroud did not exist in terms of being part of the Shroud during the days of Amdapur. So this might have been like a road at some point between the keep and the city before the sixth calamity. Yeah, it seems reasonable. Thank you. Maxine tells us that the lambs of Dalamud are up to it again. We first encountered this group in Tamtar Deepcroft. They are a doomsday cult that feel like they were cheated out of their deserved apocalypse <laughs> when the recent calamity did not destroy the world sufficiently to their liking. Aww. So they want another doomsday to make up for it. Sure. And I think that their goal in this case is to bind the last boss of the dungeon to their will, a void scent named Anant Tabuga. Yeah, they're, I guess they're grasping at straws here for powerful void scent on which to hang their entire ideology. The cult has a void scent kind of summoning relationship here. And it's, I'd like to know more about them. The details are pretty scant. They're kind of like a, a human enemy that can be tapped to be tied to Void Scent, it feels like, in terms of a game design perspective. But we don't get much detail about them. And I wish we did because, like, wh where does this go? You know, like, where does the whole Void Scent binding summoning thing go in their plans? Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, having enough Void Scent to trigger another Calamity... And not just a calamity, but a a world-ending calamity. I mean, y'all are gonna need more than like twelve cultists and like a goat. Yeah, <laughs> sure. But... So yeah, I don't know if it's just like maybe if we summon enough voids, then the Asians will take notice and become on. You know, they'll be, they'll be on our team now. Like, nah, you guys are small fucking potatoes, but you're still annoying. Well, also, it could be that they are being driven by someone too. It could be they're uh, like a void scent who is. That seems way more likely. I mean, I don't know. It's 50-50. I mean, like, people are dumb. People are going to join cults and be dumb. So, you know, that's also totally plausible. Um, also, in this world, plausible that there's a void scent that's like, and they just, you know, enthrall a couple of yep. dudes. And I would like to know more. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So, uh, dungeon unlocked. We can now head into it. Amdapur Keep is a sprawling stone fortress. Over the course of the dungeon, we'll go from its exterior fortifications into the heart of the fortress itself. Aesthetically speaking, it's just a vaguely medieval stone fortification. I feel like there might be some disconnect. I don't have enough knowledge of this, despite our um, crow-stepped gable incident. 
to say for sure, but it feels like this keep doesn't really match up very well with Amdapur City. It, it feels like they are designed by different people, as right. in like a, a different culture of people. Right. Do you think, I mean, they were, were they built concurrently? Was one built before the other? I'm assuming the city came first just because the keep is there to defend it. So right. that said, tastes do change. Maybe like heavy medieval stone architecture was in vogue when the keep was built. Well, that's, you know, one one is a place to live and one is like a fortification. So like, you know, aesthetically, they just like on planet Earth, uh, there's like a, a you're, you're communicating vis- visually with what this is. So... So, yeah, and I'm sure, you know, the city took hundreds of years to, to flesh out and the, the keep probably took decades to build. and Probably less because they have magic. It's not like they're having to haul and cut all the oh, stone right, by hand. Oh, right, enchant some golems or whatever. Yeah. Um, anyway, though, um, like you're you're correct regardless of, of that kind of counter nitpick there <laughs> and that it is for a different function. I guess I just expected a bit more artistry in the keep than what we get is all. But there is a I, style to it. It's just... Oh, yeah. I mean, when you're flying there uh, from Camp Tranquil, for example, you can see these spires sticking out that actually remind me, they look a little kind of, I don't know, Southeast Southeast Asian to me. Um, that's obviously a very different style. Um, yeah, that's what, that's what I noticed. Um, from the ground, though, we see mostly just very kind of large, heavy stone aesthetic that is covered in moss and then later on uh, this place is actually very overgrown it's kind of like yeah. Totorak. yeah i guess it's because that, that's, that... that's lambs of delamud all over again um well no tamtara is lambs of delamud oh yeah what the fuck but is um both Totorak's the prison both tamtara and Totorak uh... both have the heavy kind of tree growth from the shroud that yeah. penetrates into it yeah and this place is the same thing where the interior especially looks like the forest has kind of grown up out of it itself uh, there are thick, heavy, old trees, shrubs everywhere inside the fort interior. Mm-hmm. The enemies here are all void scent. Some may be left over from the Vaki invasion, and some are probably summoned by the newcomers, the Lambs of Dalamud. We appear at the keep's exterior, a set of mossy steps leading up to some outer courtyards, and we immediately run into a pair of lambs red-robed cultists. When we arrive, one of them attacks us and the other starts a void summoning. If they're allowed to complete the cast bar, then a void scent gargoyle will appear. Did they? No, because I stunned them. Oh, nice. Okay. See, there's there's going to be a lot that I did not notice because I'm literally just looking at the player list. Yes. <laughs> and their health bars. And if there's anything I'm standing in that is bad. We cross a drawbridge over a moat fight some hippogriffs and dullahans, the empty animated armor guys, and reach another courtyard that's full of lambs, some of which will try to summon more void scent. And the dullahans here are huge, by the way. Yeah. After we defeat the cultists in the courtyard, a magic barrier dissipates and we enter a large interior hall with the first boss. This guy appears to just be a cultist, but he will soon start to summon the actual boss, a mind flare type void scent called the psych flare. Yeah, this is like the the Russian doll boss. You fight a little guy and he summons a slightly bigger guy who summons a slightly bigger guy who summons (laughs) a slightly bigger guy. I guess reverse Russian doll, but yeah. Yeah, the summoning cannot be interrupted even if you 
kill the guy before he finishes Caspar, he will stay at like 0.01% health until he finishes. Mm. So you cannot bypass this, sadly. The cultist has no real mechanics. He's just there as being like a, a bait and switch kind of. Yeah. Once it appears, though, the psych flare does have mechanics. It's got the normal mix of AOBs like most bosses do. And then it has adds too. It summons in golems. At first, a few small ones, no big deal. But partway through the fight, it will summon the megalith. This is an enormous rock golem that is almost as tall as the entire room. Yeah. You don't really want to fight this guy. You just want to focus fire on the mind flare, right? Because once he's gone, everything's gone. This guy's kind of like the demon wall, actually, the, um, the megalith is, because it kind of tromps forward very slowly. Yeah. And then it does like a huge point blank AOE around it that takes up maybe a third a to lot. a half of the room. Yeah. And if you are not far away and or pop sprint or have other mobility tools, you might not be able to escape it before it goes off. Yeah. You can just focus on the psych flare and ignore the megalith. It will go away once the psych flare dies. Yep. Which is great, because... I was like, you guys, we still have this thing to deal with. Oh, my God. And then it, and then I was gone. Afterwards, an ethereal portal appears and we teleport to the keep interior. These are wide, tall stone halls that are full of plant life. The parts we run on, it's like a, a two level interior and we're on like a like a, a raised catwalk? walkway. Not like a catwalk because it's like it's pretty beefy and wide. It's, it's more like a balcony corridor, like one long balcony that goes around the lower level. And we never go down to the bottom. We're always on the mid-level. Yep. And also, um, because this place has been trashed, there are a lot of circuitous routes we need to take to get to our, on the map, very nearby destination. Yeah. We had to run that uh, twice. We fight through a ton of void sent here. This is like a gauntlet almost. There is nothing here stopping you from pulling every single thing on the way to the next boss. Except the mercy of your tank. Exactly, because even without min-eye level, you cannot take this many enemies synced. It's just not feasible. So at some point you need to say, okay, I've had a big enough portion, time to fight guys. Yeah, Uh, It's also not in like the normal kind of pattern-based, here's two packs and then a pause, or here's four packs in the boss. It is a sprawl of like a couple guys at a time. Yeah, so you have to exercise some, um, some judgment and some restraint here as a tank. Yep. On the way, we fight through more Dullahans, Taurus demons, wisp lights, and tons of gargoyles. The last ones appear from statues on pedestals. So cool. This is a bit weird because the Amdipori are supposed to have these animated statues, right? Yeah. But these are void sent gargoyles who have possessed the statues instead. But also the statues that the Amdipori made are very gargoyle-like. Because these are not like something that got carted in here or whatever. These are on pedestals that are placed tastefully down these corridors. So did the Amdipori like carve gargoyle statues ready to be animated by the summons of their nemesis? Like what? what is the process that got us from statue to present? If they are possessable and there isn't really any sort of like um, filter, <laughs> you know, like... These can only be possessed by white magic instead of black magic. Like, no, it's just you can it's whatever's there, I guess. But if they're, you know, they're they're creating these gargoyles. Well, the statues it, are like pre-gargoyled. It's not like right. they're, no, they're like, I was getting to that. Okay. So the reason why 
um, in a keep, you would do that is because they're scary looking and that's intimidating. Again, it's part of the visual storytelling. But also a part of the visual storytelling, this does not feel like the Amdapuri aesthetic. It's like, here's a spooky castle corridor with scary statues. We will see eventually the Amdapuri statues and they do not look like this. I mean, I, I think that this is really a case of more kind of game design trumping story in this case. They, they wanted this crazy void sent castle. Maybe the cultist influence twisted the stone into more menacing shapes. I don't know. I'm just saying that it's a cool effect for sure that these stone statues, as you're walking by them, flare up and they transform into animate gargoyles. It's just does not fit with the whole, this place was built by the Amdapori and it w- would have been filled full of the Amdapori stone guardians. Sure. Yeah. We might be looking a little too deeply into, into the gargoyle situation. It's our fucking job, Jin. I know. But then sometimes when we do that, we, like we, like we're like the, the bad D&D players. We're, we're following the stupid like goblin merchant that doesn't mean shit and trying to figure out what's his life story? Where's he going? What's he doing? Can we... Can we uh, get him to join our party? Can he be my best friend? And that's what we're doing with the gargoyles. And meanwhile, like Yoshi P and everybody's like, why are you fucking paying attention to the gargoyles? My God, it's a mob. Get over it, you know? In a way, yes. At the same time, though, this isn't some, you know, GM that's making adventures between work. You want to talk about it, champ? After that gauntlet, we run into an actual Amdapori construct, a demon wall. Yeah. This is a marble wall with a demon-like torso and claws extending from it. This is the creature that we discussed earlier that is animated by Amdapori blood magic. This one is taking over the entire hallway, the entire walkway, which is flanked with a pit on either side. I love this. I love a demon wall. Um, I remember, there's not a lot I remember from the early days of my main character playing. This I vividly remember. And because I was like, the fuck is this? How do we fight a wall? How do we maneuver around a wall? How do you fight a wall? Um, and this was great because we were doing it on a minimum eye level. We got to see some real like stakes here because the, um, the arena that's like behind you will gradually become less and less available. And then the wall will continue to move forward. So it's like, it's this long pinch maneuver. Not, not like a, you know, pin, you know what I mean? Uh, so yeah, that, that was basically like a, um, that was the enrage. And so we actually got to kind of see that. It, we did it, but it we were actually able to get to a point where we could see like potential consequences. Yes. Beyond that, though, it drops like some ground AoEs really easy to dodge. And then the only real life-threatening mechanic it has is a spell the called knockback. Repulse. Yeah. And what this does, it just it's just a cast bar. There's no other telegraph. There's no like ground knockback marker. But when the cast bar finishes, it will knock everyone back directly away from it. And if directly away means you go into a pit, then you die. Yeah. All you got to do is just stay centered on the walkway and you're safe. That's it. Yep. Dodge AoEs, go back to the center, and you're good to go. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's, I guess, repulse. It makes sense that it would be a radial knockback as opposed to like a, a line. Yeah. So we defeat the wall. We go through its corpse, teleport again, and then we get more giant interior halls. More of the same, pretty much. We get some new enemies here, Succubi and Aramans, but otherwise it's the same thing as before. We fight our way to the final boss, and past a pair of massive stone doors, we find Anantaboga. This guy is left over from the Vaki invasion and was sealed away in here. 
He is a Dahaka type void scent, which essentially is a demon ass dragon. Take a yeah. demon, take a dragon, merge them together. You got this guy. Yeah. This type of void scent results from the possession of the corpse of a drake, explaining his characteristics. Yeah. It's like all skeletal and stuff. Is this the one where there's the four statues? Yes. Okay. So there's there's an arena <laughs> and there's there's four statues around it. If there's anything in an arena that isn't like um, up against the wall that is clearly scenery, it's something you can actually walk around. Yeah, you're probably going to need to stand behind it at some point or do something with it. So... Um, and this will actually connect to a a mini boss in M Depor Keep Hard, um, but used in a slightly different way. Uh, yeah, this guy he's he's hanging up like way up top, just like on a balcony. And we walk in, and he's like, "What? Oh shit, no way!" And then he comes down and fights us. Well, you're welcome. How bored were you? Probably really bored. So, but we're gonna kill you. We didn't kill him the first time, but we killed him the second time. This fight has multiple mechanics to it, besides a assortment of just kind of ground telegraphs um, that you dodge, whatever. This guy has Rotten Breath, which inflicts the disease debuff on you, which will slow you and decrease the healing that you receive. So when the tank gets this debuff, you will not be able to heal through the, the boss's attacks until you Asuna off that debuff. Yeah, lots of Asuna-ing here. The slow effect of the um, disease can also mean you cannot escape the telegraphs in time, so you'll get got by them too. Yep. The other big mechanic is that the boss will cast imminent catastrophe, and a purple energy ball starts to descend onto it from above. When the ball contacts the boss, it explodes into a giant room-wide hit, and you need to hide behind those statues to not get got. Yep. And then the boss will start animating statues, adding gargoyle ads to the mix too. Ugh. Kill those guys. Get rid of those guys. Kill the boss. The end. On then to Amdapur Keep Heart. Woo! So after we help the wood wheelers out here, we get rid of the cultists. Like, they all dead. And all the shit that they made is all dead. So we go back to uh, Lorianne at the... Um, what is that tavern called? At the Seventh Heaven. Seventh Heaven. In Mordona. Correct. Um, and she's like, hey. So a bunch of adventurers went into Amdabur Keep and, and did some, you know, they got rid of all the cultists there, which was great. Um, have you heard of that? And they're like, um, yeah, that was us. Thank you. She's like, oh, shit. Okay, well, um, uh, this is great because there's new shit there now. And uh, there's a, a conjurer here, I think. Um, yeah. In uh, Camp Tranquil, so he's 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 been like he and uh, Arun Sena have been noticing some some shit, and they have work for you. Um, so we go into Camp Tranquil, talk to this guy Ard Ard. What is his name? Ardent. Adistan. Adistan. We check in with Adistan, and he's um, he tells us that. Uh, you know, despite our earlier work, there's still um, there's even bigger problems. So all of the the beasts that live in there have been like possessed, and they're running amok. It's just complete feral madness in there. And once again, we go talk to was it Maxine? Yeah. To um, be like, all right, we're back, <laughs> out of our way. 
And so, yeah, we're now we're fighting a whole new slew of things. There's just like, yeah, there's just like, there's this, this place is loaded. Someone has conducted a dark ritual that has shrouded the keep in gloom, and now all of the flora and fauna are all up up in the business. <laughs> yeah. What that is, we have no idea. It just happened. So we go check it out. Nature gone wild, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, in the first stretch, it'll be ochus, wolves. Um, big nanny goats. Big nanny goats. And even the roots... The roots and vines have turned against us. Yeah, those things are annoying as hell. Because again, those don't telegraph. So these, these these giant vine arms sticking out of the ground, and they're just like, and you'll inch closer and closer to them. And when you get within slapping range, they will slap you. And you just have to kind of like bait them, you know, like, eh, eh, eh. I think that they're on just like a fixed timer. I I don't know, man. I would I kind of would stand there. I'm like, all right, go. Do your thing so I can walk away. It, and it wouldn't go until I was like on it. I don't know. We appear in another exterior courtyard. This one, again, overgrown with plant life. This dungeon does a good job of like not reusing the old one's interiors. Yeah. Like it. it this is a new track. That's exactly. Like it's not like here. here's the same stretch, but new monsters. This is a full new path we're taking here. Yeah. We're exploring a totally different area yep. of the keep. Good stuff. So we fight some critters. We have to um, kill at, at various checkpoints. There will be a plant enemy, either an Ochu or a Trent. They will be like wrapped up in vines that also entangle the entrance. So they will not like chase you down like normal enemies. You have to go up to them and fight them, and they will summon in minions to attack you. Yeah. So at various points, you get these kind of door checkpoints where you fight these entangled creatures. That are kind of like the um, the masters of that part of the dungeon. Yeah. The first we kill is Nochu. Um, after it dies, the vines dissipate. We can proceed into a corridor, kill some more guys, and we reach the first boss, Anchag. This is a headless horseman type guy. It looks like a headless Dullahan on a glowing blue maned horse. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And this is um this it's a little around platform. With those same four gargoyle statues. This is when Ardent Cactus kind of gave us a heads up on what to do with this. Uh, so you're going to get targeted uh, with, well, maybe, but you might get targeted with this like lightning tether. And you, what you need to do is go to one of these statues to basically act as a lightning rod so that you don't get the brunt of the, uh, of the charge, uh, the statue will. Um, and it destroys the statue afterward? Yes. And if you are caught in the open by this lightning, you will die very quickly. Mm -hmm. Afterwards, the statue crumbles. Um, it gets spent. Then the boss will do a charge at a character, just like a long line area of attack, yep. um, area of effect. And also, yeah, we found out as well that the boss has cleaves like most bosses do. And if you are standing by a statue as the tank, the boss will cleave a statue with its normal cleaves. 
which means there'll be one less statue for you to hide behind when it's lightning time. Yeah. But that's it, though. Yeah. Uh, hide. Don't don't bait the boss towards the statues otherwise, and then you're good to go. Yeah. After he's defeated, we climb a tree. There <laughs> is a zone boundary that terminates on a big tree trunk that leads up into an open like an opening on an upper floor so we run into the tree we zone out we zone in inside the keep again and behind us we can see these tree branches kind of curling into the structure yeah now we're in some more keep interiors we fight tons of creatures wamoras morbles vine traps mushrooms trents and then when we fight those Trent mini-bosses that are blocking the path forward, there will be more vines that will slam down. They will punish ranged players and healers that get too close to them. Yeah, you can't target these guys. They're just there forever to fuck up your experience. Yep. Um, when the gatekeeper dies, the vines will dissipate. But otherwise, yeah, yeah they're you, just, you can't they're just there. Them. Yeah, don't worry about them. Just yep. well, do you don't worry get about hit. them? Don't get hit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do the same thing over again. Then we meet the next boss, the Boogeyman. This is a three-eyed, hunched-over, feral void scent. This guy is cute. And the fight, this there is some death in, in this fight. But no wipes, just <laughs> no, death. No wipes. Yeah, um, I think um, August, August died. And then um, it was very touch-and-go there for a hot second, so I, I couldn't res them right away. And so, But yeah, we made it. Uh, it, this was this was a busy fight, um, and it's so for I don't know if you're if you're a DPS and you've played a lot of the game, I don't think there's really anything here that's gonna fuck you up. But well, if there, you're a there's healer, a mechanic that you have to do, and if you don't do it, then you're screwed. Right, it's the ball, the light. Yeah. So the way it works is that there will be a ball of ethereal light in the area. After you destroy the ball, it will light up a patch of ground underneath it. And standing in this patch gives you a light debuff for a few seconds. This is the good kind of debuff where um, it triggers a mechanical effect in the fight. And this might be the first time we've had a, quote, beneficial debuff in the game. It's not actually making you weaker. No, it's like the Crystal Veil from Zemel Darkhold. Yes, exactly. Um, it's, it's, it's protective. But this one you need to actually interact with versus just kind of experiencing. Because once you get that debuff, a timer starts to count down on it. And you need to carry that, carry yourself with that debuff to the boss. He will sometimes go invisible. You can barely see his like outline and you cannot target him. While this is happening, he will be hucking shit at you and doing damage. So you've got to bring your light to him before the timer expires. And then when it does, your character explodes into light. And if you're by the boss, yep, he becomes visible again. Cool. After you do it the first time, the boss then begins summoning in adds. These are more cultists. These might be like possessed, like bodies of cultists. Yeah, they were, they're definitely like reanimated. And one of them even is like a bomb where they will explode if you don't kill them in time. Yeah, he's going to be like a, like a bulky dude kind of off off um standing off from the other uh <laughs> zombies i guess um and he's gonna like crouch down and start doing some shit and you're gonna be like oh that guy's up to something crouch down and doing a shit oh my god you said it is that exactly crouch down doing a shit you said doing some shit okay it's a it's a subtle difference but i think it makes all the difference 
Yes, he is crouching, and he's up to something. He's going to erupt soon enough. Oh my god. Ah, great. Later in the fight, the boss will then clone itself. This is not an illusion like some fights. This is actually like a second boss that has the same health as the original boss did. So now you're fighting two boogeymen and all the adds, and they will both stealth and need to be revealed separately through two characters taking the light to them. Uh, and then you kill them separately, and then, then you win. So I did not I did not pull my weight here. <laughs> you healed, and that was your job. So yeah, you. I, no, I didn't even know that that, was, <laughs> that mechanic was happening at all. Um, I was just, you know, trying... I really, you know, it feels really bad as 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 a white mage to not, or just as a healer in general, to to not be contributing at all to DPS. Like that's that's bad. Normally, so, if this were normal mode, you would not need to heal as much. But in this setting, there is so much damage happening that you are contributing by not letting people die. <laughs> like I, I'm being fully serious with that. That is your contribution. Like I was telling you beforehand, from my experience, there is minimal time to actually do DPS as a healer during these difficulty modes. That is true. Like I could barely get like a, you know, if there was a, a pack of mobs, I could barely get a holy off. And I, you know, y- y'all were lucky if I could throw a dia. Arrow? Arrow. Arrow. What's dia? Is that not something? I, don't th- I think that's what it's called later. Much, 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 much yes. later. Yeah. Okay. So it's arrow. Couldn't even do that. So felt guilty. You shouldn't. Hey. <laughs> Okay. Stuff here does lots of damage. So that that's your job. <laughs> anyway. No, it was fine. It was fine. Um, but I was distracted <laughs> and I did let um August die and that was a bummer. Uh but we did we didn't wipe, so yay. Uh we, we beat the boogeyman and then we go through another ethereal flow teleporter into a death chamber. <clears throat> we are surrounded by a ring of fire and three demon walls are visible down corridors to Barely the left, right, passed. and center spooky also it's all red it's totally red in here yes so immediately you're like shit we start to get attacked by waves of void scent and we have to defeat them before the walls close in on us we have i think roughly two minutes maybe two and a half minutes to kill all the enemies and there are a lot of enemies that we fight before the walls close in this is one of the times where they will mix up the kind of normal corridor pull mechanic with something else and i really like it this feels exciting i think that august said the same thing um where it feels frantic there is tension yeah Yeah, that's that's what he said yeah after we defeat all of the void scent then we get another ethereal flow teleporter into the final boss chamber This is a raised stone walkway that leads to a circular stone platform with pits on the perimeter. On the platform is the final boss, Ferdiad. This creature is a xenomorph jester-looking void scent. That's a really apt description. Thank you. This is the perpetrator of all the shit that's been going on. This void scent, Ferdiad, was left over from the Vaki invasion, probably sealed away like the last boss was, and also like Diabolos was too in the city. Mm-hmm. They couldn't kill it, so they had to seal it. And it's broken free, though. It seems to be the one that has cursed the entire city to the oh, shadows. Oh, yeah, he's just running amok in there. 
This fight has some killer mechanics too. The big one is that the boss will sometimes summon imps in that tether to it, and then the boss channels a point-blank AoE at its feet. Until you kill the imps, this area attack gets bigger and bigger and bigger, until it will eventually encompass the entire room. <clears throat> so you need to kill the imps, which will halt the growth of this ground marker before it takes away all safe space. Even after they're dead, the cast bar keeps ticking, so you've got to wait around for the boss to finish casting the spell before they become vulnerable again and you can proceed with the fight. Yeah. Which is a few seconds, not like you're waiting for like 20 minutes while no. it casts this giant Still, attack. Still, it's like... Yeah. Because he is targetable. You're just not doing anything. Yep. This mechanic gets complicated later on as the boss will then summon in slimes that trap players while there are area attacks telegraphed on top of them. So you got to kill the slimes to free the players, and then they can get out of there before the attack goes off. Yeah. And um, what he does is he throws these, like, ethereal scythes. It, well, are they scythes? Yes. Or Okay. Because um, he's got a couple of things. So he's got the um, the rows of line AoEs. Um, these are just, like, uh, like ethereal swords or, or spears or something He that will... Um, they will appear outside of the arena and then telegraph a bunch of lines across the arena. You just have to like space yourself out. Yeah. Um, and then with, with this this other thing, you get trapped in the slime and then he, he throws a fucking ethereal scythe at you that just rotates and just destroys you so qua- uh, so so quackly. So quickly. It's very scary. So yeah. uh, don't be that guy. And it, I mean, it, it is what it is. It's hard to see the scythe is not very uh, it doesn't like stand out to you amongst all the other shit going on here um it's even though it's glowy it's kind of subtle so you could be standing in the scythe area and not realize that you're being killed until it's right, too late right and you're like wait oh shit <laughs> yeah a lot of that but we we dodge the stuff and kill the stuff and eventually ferdiad is defeated <laughs> or so we think <laughs> as we leave the dungeon we get a cutscene. Ferdiad laughs from out of sight, the sound echoing through the corridors. Great. Perhaps we will see them again. Very likely. So after the fight, you have to go just touch base with Adistan to say, like, job's done. And he's just going to be like, I wonder, you know, how all of this happened. Because, okay, so when you went through the first time, he's asking you, did you did you see any, like, remnants of, you know, did you actually see, like, dead bodies? Like, you, you were like, we left nothing alive in there. And um, he's like, okay, that's good. That's good. And so he's just kind of like logicking his way through the why and the how, which is his job. Um, so we can be prepared uh, <laughs> next time. And he, he, his theory, which seems, he's like, I think this is it. When the lambs of Dalamud, the cultists died, their blood was left over. And just by like coincidence, not like there wasn't there wasn't any sort of ritual going on. It was just that like whoops, um, the lambs of Delamud, their the the blood of their corpses created like a um, that it helped uh, resurrect Ferdiad essentially. So it just total total accident. It just when we left left all those corpses behind and their blood was just kind of running in the ground and soaking into things and that just that was enough. Comments on today's runs, Jen. They were really fun dungeons. I I appreciate 
appreciate you guys letting me heal um, and and being patient with me there. But otherwise, I think it was actually pretty pretty solid runs. They weren't very traumatizing. Uh, our our two our two helpers were um, competent and and uh, fun. And I'm sorry, August, that you died again. What about me? <laughs> Shit. Jen. Yeah, I'm sorry that you died. Thank you, Jen. You're welcome. These dungeons on min eye level really kind of highlight how much fun it can be to kill trash enemies when they're challenging. This kind of makes me sadder for the future of dungeon design in this game. These trash pulls are very irregular and they require you to kind of think through them. Mm-hmm. And obviously, if you run anything enough times, it's going to become rote. But I feel like when I do. Like going into a brand new dungeon blind, I can turn my brain off immediately because nothing in the trash pulls will surprise me. Right. But here it is engaging. Do I watch out for this yeah. guy who's patrolling? Can Do I, I want to pull, pull one more? Yeah. Like it, it just, it is a lot more fun to me to do it when it is making you work for it. Right. Versus just like being here, have some downtime to spam AOE skills between bosses, Basically, which is yes. the new dungeon that, formula. That's, that's it. Yeah. So, like, it's kind of hard because the the game's kind of economy is built up around the current design where, you know, if you're doing end game content, you need to get your your tombstones. And if you're going to do like a EXDR and a um, LDR and whatever else as well to get your um, your tomes, you don't want to spend like 40 minutes in a dungeon to get your payout. That's when people start getting pissies when they're like, okay, so I want I want to do some roulettes before bedtime or whatever. I, I don't want this like 40 minute long nightmare dungeon to mm-hmm. throw a wrench in my evening plans. <laughs> so the expectation has been set already. Fucking with that would be difficult at this point. But also, though, it just like I, I wonder who really enjoys the trash pulls of the dungeons. And I feel like they've kind of traded in mechanics for spectacle because during the hallway segments of new dungeons, you tend to be going through very kind of visually engrossing environments. And sometimes you will be like an actual like rails while you're going through some visually stunning scene. Sure. Right. And, and that's what you get to enjoy between bosses. It's not gameplay necessarily. Correct. Anyway, that's got little to do with today's runs. I, I thought they were great. I, I do think that the keep is a bit I guess it feels like a haunted castle more than yeah. it does part of Amdapur, but... I mean, it's kind of literally exactly what it is. <laughs> sure. The actual dungeon itself is a great haunted castle. No question. It's very cool. 10 out of 10 would haunt again. <laughs> would de-haunt again. There you go. Okay, uh, that's it then. Thank you, Jen. Thank you to Ardent Cactus and August Kanjna. Yeah. Uh, for joining us. Good runs. Good times. Next time, we are starting the Primal Nature Quest series, where we see new incarnations of the classic primals. And that will do it for today's episode. Um, Thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to get in touch with us or hang out with other listeners, uh, check out our Discord. Uh, Check the show notes for info. If you don't want to do the Discord, <laughs> uh, you can, or, you know, whatever, you can email us at uh, podreturnffxiv at gmail.com. And uh, with that, we hope you enjoyed the episode. Have a good day or night. 
and we will see you next time.